right, so here we go with another episode of the Candy Can Podcast. I have Marcy Morgan with me, and it's awesome that this is our first recorded podcast. We have had a conversation before, and we only touched on this topic. I shared some things with her, and she was like, oh, that's cool, but Christiana, I want to talk about the darkness, the dark and the things around that. And I was like, greatness. And then it was when you brought up Satan, Saturn, and Kronos, and I was like, okay, let's go for it. So I'm going to listen to you begin. I may interject with questions as we build out, but I'm just curious um, to be imparted with some of your awareness, your knowledge, and see what we create together. So, hey, you. <laughs> hey, well, thank you. I feel um, very honored that you uh, would invite me to have this conversation with you. So, uh, um, I'm glad to be here. And um, yeah, this has been a subject for me for a very long time. Um, well, all things spiritual, really. Um, you know, I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. And we get deep into the Bible in those um, Bible studies and church lessons and stuff. And um, I started questioning a lot of things. And I wanted to know where and why and how. And um so I kind of ventured off on my own and that took me to a lot of very interesting places. And one of the most important places was the dark, the darkness, the void. Um, and so, okay. So wait, and I'm curious and I know you will continue. What is it? What, what came about, even though we'll get into it, did the element of darkness or the essence of the void, which became more empowering as you began to learn? Okay, well, I would have to say that you can't have one without the other because the power comes from the darkness, um, comes from that void. Okay, all right. So Now, as a Jehovah Witness, how devout were you? Because I consider most Jehovah Witnesses operate in a very closed-knit, strict environment. And um, their upbringings are pretty much similar until you start to break out in question. And then it's like, whoa, None of this was I introduced to. And so not only do you enter a new world around you, you start to enter a new world within you. That is a lot of Jehovah Witnesses are the people I have the most inner opening exchanges with is because after they got out of this confinement of awareness, they went out and then they went right back in. It was something like a boomerang. So how strict was your Jehovah Witness upbringing? Yeah, um, I definitely have to agree with you there. Um, it was very strict. I was actually, um, I was baptized when I was 16. I then became what they call like a full-time pioneer, which means that I went door to door at minimum of uh, 20 hours a week. What? Yes. So I was preaching door to door about 20 hours a week. Um, I didn't officially at that time sign up to be officially a pioneer, but I was with those people, you know, pioneering the way for Jehovah's Witnesses. And um, I worked a part time job and that's that's what I did. I was very um, involved. Mm. I was actually giving um, talks or sermons at that time, at that age up in front of the congregation. Um, so yeah, I was very much into it. I'd say I always loved studying. And so that carried forward into my journey now. You know, I'm 
I'm very um, devoted to studying and questioning um, and finding answers, so. Where did the darkness come? Was it while you were a Jehovah Witness practicing or did it come, yeah, at a different time? Like at what part of this process did you, that interest pick up? Yeah, so uh, it was definitely afterwards. Um, you know, as a, uh, in that uh, belief, you're really not taught necessarily anything that is, uh, takes you super deep within necessarily. It's all without, um, and you have no power without God. Um, and so, um, you know, a lot of introspection came when I decided that, uh, I needed to just kind of go my own way. Um, and that was really a deep soul thing. And it happened after I had my kids, I was like 22, 23. Um, and that changed the world for me. And it's part of the reason why I say that, you know, my children are my greatest teacher because they're really the ones that opened my eyes to the vast universe. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. The most profound experience that I uh, had with the with the void or the darkness was um, came through meditation, um, where I I basically underwent ego death and I found myself suspended in a void, and um, suddenly everything made sense to me. And uh, prior to that, I was having you know all these thoughts like a lot of people have you know who is god where does he come from what is what is all of this and you know the bible tells us that uh god created from a void um and it's that simple um and we just you know in in indoctrinated religion we just pass right over that and um we never enter into that void as a companion um or as the god that we actually are so that's really what brought the awareness forward okay so and i know we have so much to go through <laughs> are have you gotten to a point where you're comfortable saying to people i am god or i am a god can you say that comfortably and with from the bottom okay oh yeah and how long did that take because a lot of people are afraid to say this, even though they practice this, they study this, and they come to this awareness, saying it meets resistance because of how others may perceive it, which means they still care. That that ego and that concern of people's input still affects the fact that you are a God, which means that you haven't really fully realized it yet. But at what point did you break out and say that to someone and you were like, it really doesn't matter what their reaction is? When did you come into that? Well, so, you know, there came a point uh, where I, I just, you know, suddenly told my kids one day that we're gods. And um, so I then always taught them that and I kept that very quiet. Um, and then I do remember, you know, the first time that I really said that out loud was actually in front of my family. And I remember um, my dear sister, Amber, she kind of just like went, well, okay then, you know, and uh, that was really the first time. And 
nobody actually really said anything to me about it. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. They know I'm, you know, different. I've always been different in one way or another in this type of thing. So. Cool. Yeah. So you were walking me out of Jehovah Witness, baptized at 16, we're working our way from the religion in, into the awareness. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I just can, I just have continued in that. And I just, um, I really hold um, the, what holds true for me and is that, uh, yes, the dark going into the void, going into the darkness. This is, you know, taught all through mythology. Even we have so many stories about delving into the chaos and what chaos is able to birth and chaos is in the void. Um, and uh, we have examples in nature alone. You know, we plant seeds in the ground. The womb is a dark place. Um, and I, you know, I had a, I had a dream actually where um, I've had I've had many dreams where I, I actually have uh, basically the archetype of the magician or the hermit. He comes to me in my dreams and he teaches me things. Um, and you know, in one of those dreams, he basically said, "Everything I've ever given to you has come from the womb." And this is, mm. you know, the womb of the universe mm -hmm. and this, um, you know, which is female. And we start thinking about creator entities and that sort of thing. And um, they're predominantly male. And, you know, in mainstream religion, they're predominantly male. Um, and so that's another interesting facet. Um but all of this ties into, you know, Saturn and Kronos, the beginning of time, the keeper of time. Um, and it's all been, um, you know, as you know, myth just sort of flows and changes and morphs with time. And as culture evolves and people evolve. Um, and so we have these different spellings of names. We have, you know, Greek and Roman, and then they meld together. And now, and now we have something that's new. Um, and so that is um, what I began to trace back when I started looking at currently what's going on um, with this Saturn-Jupiter conjunction, mm -hmm. the energies that we're looking at right now, this great reset moving into 2021 and what does all of this mean? And I think that's kind of maybe too how we came into the conversation about True. all of this. Yeah. What are the energies that Saturn and Jupiter are bringing about? Like what, what, are, they, uh, what do they signify? What are they associated with? Yeah, so it's interesting because, you know, when you go back, um, our current sun is not our first sun. Correct. Saturn was the first sun and he was, and that, and that planet was called Phanon. It wasn't even called Saturn at the time because we didn't have anything to we didn't have the mythology or the rulers or whatever to name it Saturn at that time. But, um, you know, there was battle between Saturn and Jupiter, basically. And these, this is father and son. 
and you know saturn is the father jupiter is the sun and uh saturn really represents you know he is death and rebirth he represents the death and the birth but also constriction confinement um you know the um constriction and confinement of the material on the material plane he rules the material um and so for us to transcend that energy we need to um you know we need to we need to rise above it and we need to understand that we're sovereign entities and that there is really no ruler um over us and these things have been passed down to us through the ages and it's not a real entity it's a personification of an energy that um we decided to that human beings decided to worship mm -hmm. and it was the life-giving energy um that saturn gave as that first sun which then brings you into how we have jesus now and a, a bunch of stuff which is really cool too because it all connects because we're looking at what's happening in the sky with the star of bethlehem coming back which is you know the return of jesus and um so really to me this current energy says you can choose to be restricted and con and constrained and confined um or you can let that die and rise above it with something new. So um, this is we're teetering. You have to make the choice, but both are possible. Hence the life yeah. and death duality. Um, you said that the star of Bethlehem is coming. However, you said Jesus. Would it be correct to say Christ or Christ consciousness instead of Jesus? Or do you absolutely hold... okay? Just making it yeah. clear. Yeah, I I would definitely yeah. Um, I just I think of Jesus because of uh, just in the Bible, the three wise men and all the association. That. Yeah. yeah, it's easy to go say that, but yeah, uh -huh. it's clearly Christ returns. Yes, this is Christ consciousness returning. That is definitely the energy. Yeah. What is the significance of Saturn, Satan, and Kronos? Like as you went through this study of darkness, what started to stand out about what, like the relation of these two and how, what, what, what gave them more power or value in your research? It was like, wait a minute, like what, what hit you? Um, well, I really have fun, you know, solving puzzles. And so to me, it was a little bit of a puzzle. And uh, like I said before, you know, when I realized that our power, our creative power actually does come from the darkness, you know, uh, you know, it's not only in the Bible that the words, let there be light, um, were spoken into the darkness to create the light. This is, um, you know, we have those words repeated throughout cultures and traditions. And um, it even goes back, you know, to Mithras, Myth, Mithra. Um, yeah, Mithra. You know, so we're looking like ancient Phoenician, Babylonian times, even prior to that. So, um, and I could feel that power within myself when I would travel in my journeys 
to that void and darkness. And there came, uh, and I, it was so, such an embodiment of power that I actually had to step back and say, wow, you know, I can really see how people could use this in a negative way. Um, and then, of course, so that makes you, that brings you to the correlation of like, you know, how we think Satan in the darkness, you know, um, yeah. and I don't really actually focus on um, Satan per se, um, but he is, you know, that personification of energy is part of the duality and the polarity mm -hmm. that we deal with uh, within ourselves and it's just it's it's universal law that we have both positive and negative and positive is the light and dark is the negative but how do we use both of those things um actually in a positive way obviously we've been shown that the energy of darkness can be used for positive which is interesting too because then you start looking at you know accounts in the bible where angels uh were involved and angels were always heralders and harbingers of death many many times over and over again yeah <laughs> yes and so you think okay so are angels actually what we consider to be good you know and so you start going round and round in in these in these circles um and trying to understand really what that energy is and i do really um i for myself i choose to um look at that energy as personified by chronos or maybe even saturn i mean um and the reason why i choose chronos is because he is a very good personification of the regenerative energy of creation and rebirth and he also and the reason why is because he dominates time and there is no death of the material without time that is such an easy equation to say but to get there requires the process of study because that's how simple it is. You just really simplified what that is. Yeah. When you add time to anything, that is what gives it value or lack thereof. That is what gives it transition and change. Time is a very, very funny thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that also plays into what we're, the energies that we're dealing with right now are the, the cycle of time. Mm -hmm. You know, we're ending a cycle. Everything that's coming about, we're going, we're, we're, we're leaving the Piscean age, which is represented by Jesus in the Bible with his fishermen. And, you know, he called the fishermen he he was out in the sea he broke bread and ate fish there's all this symbolism of fish associated with jesus walked on he, water water to wine yeah all of that yeah and so you know uh we're we're leaving that and when you think about you know the um the symbol of the pisces with the two fish it makes me think of the um yin and yang which again dark and light 
And so we have, you know, some fish that want to stay in the water and we have some fish that want to jump into the air. The, that this is the separation that we're seeing right now, you know, not everybody wants to flow into the new. So we're, we have a people that are torn, but we also have people that choose that middle path of neutrality because they understand the dark and the light and how to use them together to help usher in birthing of something new. Because you can't do it, you know, we can't, these, these two separate um, energies can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I would liken you and I to these people down this middle path that are saying, okay, I can see both sides. I'm going to respond with compassion and love and reason. And this way I help hold the balance while we transition into this new age. A way that... Um, that so, something that comes to mind when you say that is this um people talk about dualities positive negative up down left right good bad joy sadness and blah 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 and so forth and then when you look at energy um you look at fields you see a positive field negative field you see the yin and yang and so forth the thing that isn't often mentioned and you brought it up however i think it's key to notate it is that you have protons, electrons, and neutrons. You have the positive and negative, but there's always this little line in the middle and everything that isn't really spoken about. It is the value of that center. And so um, yeah. kind of what you're mentioning, and I don't know if you're familiar with the term, but there is this reference to the Ring of Solomon. Um, if you know what this is, um, and yeah, people always reference it as, as an actual ring of Solomon, this, this powerful ring, when in actuality, if you draw all of the um, constellations, the equinoxes, the, pro the progressions, um, the, the months, the signs, if you draw them and map them out, you'll see a cross, a circle, and everything. Solomon's ring is that centerpiece of it all. That is actually the Christ consciousness that like it is the center where everything begins so yeah it's just you brought up the neutral being neutral and it's like yes that that's very empowering to see things from the center <laughs> absolutely um you know you're bringing up solomon and of course because i was you know over the last month or so i've been just really feeling this chronos energy um I uh, just started thinking about King Solomon um, and, uh, uh, you know, when I was a book, it was called the My Book of Bible Stories. And the My Book of Bible Stories was, you know, all these little stories that had little illustrations and stuff. Well, there was mm -hmm. one that actually showed um, what they consider to be like the greatest test of Sol King Solomon's wisdom, which is where um, a mother, a woman gave birth to a child and her um her maid uh stole the baby in the middle of the night mm -hmm. and so there was a big fight that took place basically and the baby and the two women were brought before king solomon and in order to 
determine who the real mother was, um, King Solomon said, cut the baby in half, give a piece to each. And of course, the real mother piped up and had a fit. Well, this picture in this kid's book is of this baby hanging upside down. This guy with the knife going to, you know, cut this baby in half. And um, so it just was a striking image as a kid. So it's just burned in my brainstem, you know, um, and that image popped up. And I thought that has to have, King Solomon has to have something to do with Kronos. There has to be a connection. There has to be a Saturn Kronos King Solomon connection somehow. Um, and what I, whoa, I whoa, actually, whoa, 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 whoa. So, <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> so from this children's story of this image, you just says, hey, wait a minute and started to, okay, let's keep going. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, and this is the thing too, that I think is, you know, awesome. I love Carl Jung because he really delves into explaining and I think he actually even talks about this story um and says you know like a modern psychologist would would uh you know give him praise because uh what he really did was uh pulled a psychological trick on these women but uh you know he talks about the stream of consciousness and um delving deep into the shadow and how important again delving into that darkness but he talks about how that the mind thinks in images first um and this is part of the reason why we personify these energies we give them images that our our human mind can understand and comprehend um and then and then once we once we ha can hold that image firm in our mind, then we can sort of electrify that image with energy and it becomes a source of power. Um, so yes, I that image flashed in my mind and I and instantly I just went bing, 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 bing. There's got to be a connection. I want to find out what it is. Um, and what I have discovered, and I'm not real good with geography and stuff, but I kind of talked to my dad a little bit too about this. Um, he's really knowledgeable just about the Bible in general. And so, you know, we we're talking about the Chaldeans, the Phoenicians, um, and now from you know Jerusalem is very close to Phoenicia and Saturn was a Phoenician god and so we kind of see some of the meldings and representations of Saturn in the pillars and different things that we see even now in Freemasonry um, that tie back to Saturn the pillars that King Solomon had in his temple the mm -hmm. two pillars um and uh i started looking at i just started looking at the picture of these two women with the baby and king solomon gonna cut them in half and i thought you know this is actually really interesting if you look at it from a symbolic perspective and nobody actually knows i guess there's like a discrepancy of whether or not king solomon was actually a real person or not um if he's just myth now if he's just myth 
I believe, my thought is that that Saturn energy transferred itself into the myth of King Solomon because we read the, the, the supposed writings of King Solomon where he's talking about there is a season for this, there is a season for that. It's a Beatles song. A time to laugh, a time to cry. This comes from Ecclesiastes. It's all about time, the cycles of time. And this is like one of the most revered writings of the wisest man on earth, right? Um, very Kronos, very Saturnian. And then you have the woman who birthed the baby, right? So she birthed the baby into the material plane. This would be the spiritual giving birth to the material. So these are the two mothers, right? We have the mother of the spiritual and the mother of the material. And what do we all do? We all struggle internally between our soul and the material. And so here you have, you know, King Solomon saying, well, we'll just cut it the baby in half um but the real mother the spiritual the the birth the woman who represents the womb the cosmic womb in my mind she calls back she's the one that has the freak out and says no this is my baby and so she gets she triumphs and she has her baby this is the struggle that we all have within you know do we do we say eh, well okay so do we give into the material or do we seek the spiritual path we all struggle with this and will we let time devour us like chronos devoured his babies right so this is the connection that i made so this goes really deep and what i mean does it make sense and I remember this is where our conversation started that first time. And I was like, you're going to connect me with um, Saturn all the way down to Solomon. Um, I made it to Kronos. I hear you. And as I think of this example, which wasn't at the top of my psyche, I can see the parallels. Um, I can see the lessons and I can see the links that can be made. Uh, I... That's for it to for what what I would need to do is actually go more into Solomon just to see what other parallels continue. Because yeah, that's you just made an interesting bridge. So did anything else stand out or link up more along as Solomon continues? With well, so here's what I did end up finding. Um and I haven't had a lot of time to really delve into this mm -hmm. because I just, I just finished school yesterday for this quarter. So it was finals this week. Yeah. Woo -woo. Um, but what I did find was um, an ancient text that ended up um, being found and uh, published. I don't know few hundred years ago or something. It is a conversation between Solomon and Saturn. And I was like, what? Wait, I have what? Yes. This is a conversation between Solomon and Saturn. It's actually a poem. And Solomon's and Solomon's name is spelled um S-A-L. 
instead of S-O-L. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's like Saturnus here. I think I actually wrote this down. Um, but I, uh, I've been trying to figure out how I can buy this book. Send me all the information on it and we'll get it. Yeah. I'm so, sorry. That is a very precarious uh, connection. <laughs> it's very interesting. So they... Um, And sort of, it's saying that Saturn is Solomon's brother, which was really interesting to me. But they also call him Markulf. They call Saturn Markulf, and Solomon. That name Solomon, I know, but I would Solomonis. Solomonis. Yeah, um, and I guess there was some. So there's a there's a document. It's called the Contradicto Solomonis, that um, in a, in 494 AD, was ex- this this was expelled from the canon. They didn't want it in there. Um, and so, you know, my research is leading me closer and closer to figure out what is this connection, um, especially because you know Solomon was extremely powerful. Uh, you know, you were talking earlier about the 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 ring, and we have the ring of Saturn. So there's another one, you know, in the ring of Saturn. That's the link. That's another link that as we were speaking, okay, that's that's a story that I can see the lines and then the ring of Saturn and the ring of Solomon. Yeah, keep going. I'm listening. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the ring of Saturn is what binds us. Okay. And Solomon, his ring, if you read the Goetia, he was able to bind 72 demons with his ring. He was able to bind and control them. Now, Saturn binds and controls humanity. So that's another parallel to me. Um, now, my connection with the Goetia as we go in with those 72 bounded energies that yeah. are those parallels are actually what exist as you go into your pineal gland. Once you open up and unlock the light and leave time in this realm, there are there's a how can I explain it? There's this thing that didn't make sense until I got there. Like to hear all this is great, but to experience it in the darkness to the light, unparalleled. And so I didn't right. even connect to the Goetia. I haven't spoken about these in mass to people because I just didn't until like two months ago. But yes, you're right. There is something that was so much more um, in in relation to these seals, these 72 seals uh, associated with these 72 entities. So yeah, um, yeah, if you don't know what the Goetia is or haven't heard of it, um, I could say look at cliff notes and if the cliff notes interest you go all the way in and then pull out and see what you find um yeah. because truthfully synchronicity or synchronism the study of everything is the only way you can find anything if you've only mastered one book or one study you haven't mastered anything because you have to if like if if all you know is about the toenail you've never seen the toe <laughs> the foot the heel the ankle the knee let alone the hips, like you don't know anything about the body. And so there is a body of awareness that has been shared and it all overlaps and connects, but the synchronism, the synchronicity of them all is very important. But the Goetia is something that 
Yeah, I want to. I, I just want this book that you're talking about, or this poem about Solomon talking to Saturn. That I'll send it to you. Yeah, that's that's got my mind curious. I want to taste that because we are entering the age of Aquarius. We are um, coming to the zero parallel. We are going into a, a yuga, an age of so much possibility that that is the buzz that you're feeling. You're having the two largest gaseous entities in our um, atmosphere, in our, in our universe, coming with in coming so close to each other that they already affect us. They affect each other. So as they get closer, they're affecting each other more dynamically, but they affect everything else equally as so. And so what Something that I find super interesting, and I'm going to let you take back over, is the fact that, okay, hypothetically, the sun is 96 million miles away from us, up to 120 million miles away. And we can look at it, and it's like, hey, what's up? Thank you for all of this sun. Saturn, Saturn being the first sun and ginormous, what is it, like two, 300 million miles away? And Jupiter is another couple hundred million miles away. And we can see these things with our eyes and they make the sun look like nothing. So imagine they, what they're doing to us on a level that we can't even fathom both atomically, chemically, socially, as we talk about it. It's, this is something that is unfathomable and it already started. Um, but as you go through these links, what do you see or sense coming as we get closer to this date that, okay, something I want to make clear. We keep hearing about this 800-year alignment, like, we haven't seen the star of Bethlehem in 800 years. Okay, great. That may be true. However, that is actually oversimplifying or kind of cheating you on how rare this coming conjunction really is. We're about to have four planets and four moons all in alignment on the shift of the earth at its lowest point, the sun at its weakest, I mean, um, um, the, the, the earth's shield at its weakest point, and the sun is waking up in a new cycle. All of this is happening at the same time as we raise up over into a new age. This hasn't happened in 6,000 years. So this 800 year mark that media is, is telling you for the few people that really don't, have never had this in their awareness, this hasn't happened since this current man was writing. This hasn't happened. So the 800 years sounds nice. It's like, whoa. No, no. 6,000 years for all of the alignments coming. Um, so, yeah, what, what do you see this? What do you see happening? What's coming? What, is this, what does this mean? Oh, gosh. That's a really big question. <laughs> Um, because the answer to that really is nobody freaking knows. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, nobody knows. I know, you know, for me personally, and I know for, um, the people that I, that I love and that are close to me and that are, you know, in my, in my circle of light. Um, I know what I, what I what I wish and the energy that I want to put forward into this, because when you're aware of the energies um, and, and the energy within yourself, I think that you have, that this gives you the sovereign power and choice to decide 
how you want this transition to be from, um, you know, this uh, darker constricting um, energy of Saturn. What are we going to break loose from and you know how are we how are we individually going to choose to break free from that in a positive way and birth something new into this era that will help that we can bring forward um to help build whatever it is that we need to build because we do see you know our our political structures are there's a extreme tension possibility of them falling they have been falling they're on the brink what do we have like a couple bricks holding it up <laughs> um <laughs> you know um this is what saturn and jupiter you know represent you know and it is it is a it is a battle of sorts and it's you know that i think of the whole you know as above so below you know if, if there's a if there's tension and constriction and constraint here it's also on the spiritual realm um and so these energies are working themselves out and um i actually pulled up some tarot cards uh because imagery is really interesting uh -huh. um because the devil card speaking of the devil and i don't know if you can actually see this but yeah. that he's chained the and this goes back to those two energies too um you know the energy of the devil um is that we're we're chained to something that we're battling with that we can't let go and that's how it becomes our demon oh keep going yes <laughs> do so, you know that the devil's greatest entrance is your temptation and yeah. your lack of of um uh discipline that's it that that's all and where the devil resides is in your fear so these are you you give me if you allow me to uh control your temptation to 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 rest and recharge in your fear i got you your lack of discipline you'll never get rid of me right 100% so these things that bind and chain us um are the things that we're all battling with right now this is why 2020 has actually been a gift for the people that choose to receive it as a gift because we've literally been forced to become the hermit and what does the hermit do and the hermit is actually he is chronos he is saturn he is um representative of diving deep to find the answers and then of course he carries his lantern which is the light in the darkness and he brings that out to all of humanity once he emerges and he shares that wisdom so if we've taken the time to to find that light within ourselves to battle these demons these things that were um changed to uh represented by the rings of saturn which very interestingly uh jessica sent me something the other day and she said have you ever heard of the ring past not and i said actually no i haven't yeah but i was <laughs> having a conversation with my son that night and you know these synchronicities happen and i was explaining to my son that you know right now um what's happening is 
humanity is evolving. This is the energy of evolution that's taking place. It's destruction and renewal. And it's not linear like we talked about earlier. It's a, it's a circle, it's a cycle. And in this cycle, I wish I had a circle. Uh, <laughs> uh, I held up a, a, a Starbucks lid, right? Perfect circle, Starbucks uh -huh. lid, okay? Um, and I, I sort of traced it with my finger. I said, so here was man at the beginning at the top and we're we've been evolving 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 but we have to descend we have to sort of devolve before we evolve and when we do that it's not a flat circle our experience of evolution and time is stacked on top of each other as a spiral as we go higher well she sends me this um ring past knot which basically is uh connected to the rings of saturn with the energy within yourself like you were talking about and it's that one thing it's that thing that temptation that whatever it might be that keeps coming back around keeps coming back around and it will come back around and slap us in the face every time until we're able to break free from it and so i feel that that is 100% the energy that is uh, taking place right now. I, you know, humanity is, this isn't the first time that humanity's been in a, uh, in a struggle sort of like we are right now, but this is on a global level. The earth, um, the earth has stepped into recognition of the same energy, the same forces, and now the same, um, uh, sky happenings yep. right now we're looking at the earth shake but let me go back something that you said that i agree with i have repeated i have emphasized and i have put out for consideration to everyone was hey the greatest thing that came from this is the fact that everything had to stop and you know you saw the benefit of the earth you saw the you saw the air clear the oceans clear you saw everything gonna open up and you had to stop and you had a moment where this was the one time where you could go into yourself to be, instead of looking at it as a, you are sheltered in, go further than the walls, go further in, rather than trying to push out in opposition, go in further than they thought. It's kind of like sometimes people want to push you to the edge, but they don't know you're ready to jump. So you're not really being like you're not really being pushed into a position of of of, of 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 a disadvantage. You're actually being encouraged to take the leap that you were gonna take or need to take anyway. And so yeah, everyone that I know that has gone in, they're starting to come out. Um, some of the late ones are well, not late ones, some but some of the uh, the the most recent shares is I listen to people say, oh my gosh, I'm coming into this new power, these dreams, I'm remembering this, that, and the third, and I'm just sitting here like, hey, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So after we've gone in and we've unchained ourselves from those things that have harnessed us, right? Our tower's been blasted. This is the blasted tower. Uh, it's hard with this so, light. Turn it, yeah. Turn it at a slight angle to cut the light. Yeah. Okay. Our, so yeah. our tower's been blasted, right? 
And that, that's because of this bolt of lightning. This bolt of lightning is like representative of the divine, it literally strikes you in the heart, in the head, and says it's time to rebuild. It's time to rebuild what you thought you knew needs to die. So you go into that. This is the okay. this is interesting too because this is like the progression of the tarot. So it needs to die, and death is the great transformer. So here we have our Chronos death energy, right? Once we do that, what we birth, this is interesting, is the star. And that's what we have right now, like you said, happening in the cosmos is we're going to have this battle between Saturn and Jupiter in the sky, and it's going to birth the star. And that star is our Christ consciousness that will allow us to change the universe, the universe within, the universe without. And that's sort of the energy that I that I feel right now. I feel like that's the progression. Um, and and when we do that, we'll find the balance. See the yin and the yang, <laughs> the balance. This is the balance of transition from Pisces into Aquarius, which is Aquarius is representative of truth as well. And this card is actually the daughter of the Lord of Truth. Um, it's the justice card. So, you know, with everything that's happened, the breakdown, the destruction, the rebirth, we will, you know, humanity will find its balance. We will um, make it through. And that's, so that's the way I choose to, that's the way I choose to look at it. And I, I really think that within all of this, you know, new people have uh, come into people's paths. We've made new friendships. We're making these, you know, connections on a deeper level because we've done this deeper level work. And so we're open to this and we're forming our own, we're forming our little tribe. We're forming, you know, I, I the other day I said, we're each one of us is a spark to the flame of the lantern or the torch that we're going to carry forward into this new age together we make that together we make that torch because it's not going to be easy it's going to be difficult when things break down and have to be rebuilt there is healing that has to take place um not only you know on a social and political level but on an internal level too and so we need people that have walked that middle path, they're able to come forward and rebuild and help with that healing. And so, um, you know, I've just been really giving a lot of thanks to the fact that, you know, people like you, I've reformed, uh, reforged my relationship with Jessica um, over this last year. And I've had people come out of, you know, out of nowhere, they've come from the void. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, hey, look, I like what you're doing. Let's join forces. Um, and so a lot of positivity can come out of this for the people that are uh, believers in in the future in a, in a the, bright way. 
your vibe attracts your tribe. And that's what I'm seeing is that the shakeup and the stop led to a, a, a shakeup in what you value. The time you value with people, how you value finances, how you value your goals, whether they're old or new, how you value your dreams, how you value um, your thoughts, like the entire value system of every individual that I know got a little shake. Some shook more than others. Some settled back in the same place and they're hoping for the past to return, which is an impossibility. So there's going to be a rude <laughs> awakening as you come into that. Others shook into a position of, okay, I'm open to what's coming. I don't know yet. And they're the few that shook into, hey, man, I get it and I'm going. I'm ready. And I'm just kind of waiting for everything to catch up. Um, but yeah, it's the value systems are shaking. And that is why people and new things are popping up because there are new senses and sensations that are compelling you to reach out to people, places, and things that would not have been in your awareness if you didn't get a pause in the rat race. And, and really how I look at it is like, okay, people were in the rat race. And I will tell you to, to anyone, I don't care how free, how well you were managing, how good or bad you were doing, you were in the rat race. And what happened was, you finally saw the walls of your rat box when they took out your wheel. <laughs> when you couldn't run anymore because everything was going, whether good or bad, this is what I do. They took the wheel out and you're like, oh my gosh, what is this? <laughs> like, what is this? So yeah, welcome to the other side of possibilities and um, uh, just everything, everything is shaking into place. The earth is shaking right now. The earth is shaking yeah. more than people even know every day. And this is a part of, guys, everything is above, so below. Whether it's us shaking, the, 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 the stars and all these new sky phenomenon shaking, and the earth is shaking. All of it is doing it at the same time. So right. it, it, enjoy this process. Um, but stay in the moment. Don't jump in the future because it doesn't exist. Stay in the moment and really suck up all that's happening. But yeah, I am looking at the sun with my eyes, which of which they say can only be 2020 at the best. I'm looking at 96 million miles of magnificence. And tonight I will be looking at I will be looking at 300 some odd miles with these strange human eyes. Tonight I'll be looking at stars from my from my starry eyes, I will be looking. So yes, um, I'm loving this. Um. <laughs> I have to tell you something that's so interesting that happened to me yesterday. Speaking of stars, um, I was listening to this woman, a video on YouTube, talk about uh, the history of Saturn. And I decided to get my uh, dictionary of symbols that I have. So I pulled that down and I'm at my desk and I opened the book up. And as soon as I opened the book up, the woman said stars and the page that I opened to said stars. And I thought, what the heck? <laughs> I had to pause the video. I was like, what are the chances of that are astronomical of all the words this woman said and all the words in my dictionary at the exact same moment to open to the page of stars. And I thought that's my clue. Stars. Um, and uh, so I continued to search, and of course, Saturn was uh, 
well, a star. Um, and then it goes on to that. But anyways, these that was one of the craziest synchronicities that I've had in a very long time. I can dig it. I, I, I have these synchronicities every single day of my life, every single day. And they picked up when I let go of the world. When I let go of the the world as is and surrendered, the more I surrendered, the more this happened. And again, I have to reference this moment in 2016 was when it was the ultimate surrender, when I had to let go of this last thing that was associated with this. The only word I can use now was this anger, this unfounded anger that wasn't associated with any person, place, or thing. It was just like, hmm, I'm not ready yet. But once that left and like, I truly was just here in the center, oh my gosh like synchronicities, just let them be. Everything will come into place. You know, a lot of times you run from the same things that you wind up running into. And as I look at people in, in resistance of what's happening, I just just have to look and watch them go through this process. It's like, oh, okay, like, uh, yeah. So, okay, all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've come to the conclusion that uh, the universe, you know, will cradle you if and and uh, keep you safe. Just be in flow with it, you know, and what will come will come and um, you'll always be OK. So that's really where I'm at right now also is, you know, and that's, I guess, having a faith of sorts. And like you said, just, uh, it's, it's a letting go and it's not easy to do, but, um, yeah. yeah, the question I get so often is let go of what, and it's always this answer that sounds philosophical or spiritual or like you're not answering is you have to let go of even that thought. Cause when you, one of the things I start sharing recently is just knowledge. Once you cross the ledge, you'll know. Once you fall off that ledge, you will know what it was, but it can't be told to you. Um, the, the, the way the mysteries and metaphysics and the histories of the parallels worlds within was put into um, stories and layered in books and passed through, it's amazing how well it retained through all the misinterpretations, you can still see this solid thread that cuts through everything in every language, every practice and tradition. It's amazing that this same thing made it all the way through. So um, before we end, I wanna ask you, what was your pro most prolific finding um, coming out of whatever void you go into, however you get into darkness or into the void, it's you're like, what, what was the one thing you came out with and you were like, oh my goodness. Like what, what oh stuff? Give me one of them. <laughs> um, well, now you got me at a blank because I know I've written down many of these, uh, many of these journeys mm -hmm. um the one thing that i've come out with overall um 
I really have to say, you know, the realization of, um, of my, of my sovereignty, really, um, that is probably the most powerful thing because once, once you realize that, that really is when, you know, the sky is the limit and there's no, uh, stopping your, uh, then there's really nothing stopping your, uh, understanding. Once you're able to recognize your sovereignty, you puts you in a whole different place. And that was another thing we talked about in our first conversation. And the documents that I was going to show you are there. It can be in a different conversation. And I told you, the word sovereign doesn't resonate with me because nothing passes. Anything after I am requires someone else's approval. I am sovereign. I am happy. I am filling the blank. When people ask me, Hey, how are you doing today? The ones that know, I'll say, I am. I am. Because yeah. there's, there's, after that, is, it's, it's something else. It transforms into something else. Yeah, I guess trying to give it a name is not necessarily the best thing to do. But, um, and I'm with you. Yeah, I understood what is, you were trying to say before. And we didn't have that much time because it was our first conversation. But I was like, I hear you. Oh, we'll talk again. But I'm like, that word is actually limiting. Just, I am. <laughs> right. Are you sovereign? Yeah, and I think that is where you end up. That is that is definitely where, where you end up. Um, I would say also, like, um, when I, before I came to that point, I had uh, the profound experience of actually watching myself die. Um, and it wasn't in an actual near-death experience. It was within a, a, a meditative journey um, okay. where I had to watch myself be drowned in water. Uh, and my first response was fear. And I made myself watch this happen. I, so between those two things, those are really the most profound thing is that knowing that you can't, that you can't, that you can't, the death is not a negative thing. Far from negative. Keep talking. And that, and that brings about the I am. Huh. So this will possibly conclude this first chat because there are notes um, you're going to say research. We got papers and possibilities popping oh, yeah. up. Um, and yeah, I just, I just want to keep it, keep it concrete because, um, I like this. Uh, awesome. I like you, what this brought and I definitely want to keep this up. So yeah, let's do it again. This is the Candy Care Podcast. This is Marcy. And this was amazing. Um, do some research and contribute, join the conversation. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>